Welcome to the Principles of Success, Season 2, Bonus Episode 3. And today we're going to finish wrapping up the attributes of success. Last week I talked about health and finance, and I thought I was going to go super short on them because we just talked about health and we're just about to talk about finance. But I went a little long on both, so it kind of was long enough that I could split the episodes in two. So that way we would have more time to talk about today's attributes, which unfortunately we're not going to get to cover for a good while still. And these honestly are the more important attributes. These are the ones that people are really after. This is, these two are relationships and happiness. So let's dive right into relationships. And I always hate talking about this one because this is the one where people get all butt hurt. Because they want life to be the way they want it to be and not the way it actually works. So let's just start off and get everyone mad and have you turn off this episode. Women, if you want to increase your chances at attracting a guy, we're talking about attraction first. If you want to increase your chances at attracting a guy, you have one job. Your one job is to get as fit and healthy as possible, a.k.a. Go to the frickin' gym. If you want a high-caliber guy, you need to get in shape. Period. And I'm the moron stupid enough to tell my fat friends that are female this advice. And of course, they always are like, you seriously just said that? That's not like they don't know, it's just that people don't want to put in the work. Back to the last bonus, to the previous bonus episode of putting in the work. And you'd be surprised how many times I've heard someone say that going to the gym doesn't work for them. And to that, I've got a couple questions. First, how long have you been going to the gym? Because if you haven't been consistently going at the minimum three times a week for at least three months, then how can you even say that it doesn't work for you? You haven't given it enough time to work. It takes time. Secondly, what kind of working out are you doing? Are you walking really slow on a treadmill treadmill, or are you actually working out and lifting weights to produce muscular tension, which then creates muscle, which also reduces fat? And then lastly, how much junk are you eating, junk, compared to what else you're doing? But this isn't the health episode, so we're not going to go super in-depth on that. It is just women to do, attract To increase your chances of attracting a high-caliber guy, you need to get in shape. That's your number one job. Guys, as much as you wish it was as simple as going to the gym to increase your attractiveness towards a lady, I hate to break it to you, but that's not your number one job. Your number one job is to become as charismatic as possible. Your job is to have an epic life and to be an awesome, cool dude that everyone wants to be around. Women do not care about physical attractiveness as much as a guy does. Yes, they still care. I've seen plenty of girls that are my friends um, ooing and aahing over everything from a guy's lips to a guy's back. So yes, they still like looks, but it doesn't matter how attractive you are. You could be the most attractive guy in the world if you give off a loser vibe and everything coming out of your mouth is trash and boring... They're going to run for the hills. Your job is to increase your social skills, to become more charismatic, to be 
the kind of guy that women want. Same thing goes for money. Money is useful. Money is a good indicator that you are a high-caliber guy. But if you're still a loser, even if you have plenty of money, you're going to have a really hard time with women. Next up, this goes for both genders, is it's also a numbers game and an environmental aspect. If you're in the middle of podunk nowhere and there's a whole whopping five people that are single, the chances of you getting into a relationship, a happy, healthy relationship with a high-caliber person are pretty slim. So sometimes you need to move. There's a reason why I'm living in a college town right now, even though I don't go to college, and not living out in the middle of nowhere like I would like to. It's kind of hard to find a wife on your private property a couple miles away from the closest girl. Same thing goes for especially introverts, which if you're listening to this, odds are you probably are cl- uh, I probably have more introverts than extroverts listening to this. You're not going to find your spouse in your house. And if you did, that would be really, really creepy. You have to go out. You have to go talk to people. Yes, I hate talking to people too. But if you want to meet your spouse, you have to meet people. So go do things. Like, for instance, I've been going to swing dancing a lot recently. Country swing dance. Partly because I'm after a bit of a country girl. Hence the me wanting to live in the middle of nowhere. And I just happen to be a really, really good dancer. And going to something like that, there's lots of cute girls there. And there's lots of new girls every week. And that goes to the numbers game. You're going to meet, have to meet a lot of people. You're going to have to go on a lot of dates. You're going to have to figure out what you actually like and what you don't. And you're going to have to figure out what kind of people are actually attracted to you and maybe what you need to change about you in order to attract them. Now, I'm not saying change your personality, necessarily, but I am saying that you need to evolve your personality, especially for guys. It's okay to like nerdy stuff. I like plenty of nerdy stuff. But if you're boring and talk about your nerdy stuff in a ho-dunk, monotone, embarrassed tone, then you need to change that. Girls aren't going to like that. So... Yes, you do need to change your personality to become more attractive to the other person. Especially when it comes to things like becoming more selfless, learning humor. Those are all changing your personality to be able to attract the individual that you're wanting to attract. Becoming more caring. All of those are becoming harder worker. I was a super lazy kid. I was so lazy. And if I wanted a high caliber woman... They typically don't like a lazy bum who doesn't do Jack Dilly squat. They kind of want somebody who's willing to work hard to become successful. So work on yourself is essentially what I'm saying. Become a better version of you. Because I hate to break it to you, but if you're single and you're having zero luck with the caliber of person that you're trying to date, then you probably aren't good enough yet. Keep working on yourself. Keep improving both physically and and personality-wise. And I spent a lot of time on that because I know that just due to the age demographics of my listeners, probably a lot of you are single and struggling with that aspect. But now let's talk about just general relationships real quick. 
And I'm glad I split the episode in half, because I'm already going long. Screw it. I might split the this episode in half again. First thing I want to talk about is what I call the bank account of relationships. Are you depositing more love and affection into your bank account than what you are withdrawing? Virtually everyone has experienced this phenomenon where growing up, you hated your siblings. They sucked. In fact, my family was actually worse than most. We were brutal to each other. Like, going through walls kind of brutal. But then you grow up, everyone becomes a little more mature, and also you don't see each other as often. They suddenly became awesome people that you love. Now, not, that doesn't happen for everyone, but it happens for a lot of people. Why? Well, my theory is, and a lot of other people's, is that because you're not around each other as much, there's less chance for you to put, to make withdrawals of negativity and more chance, because oftentimes it's like the holidays or a birthday or some sort of celebration, to put positivity into their life. So to extrapolate from that, how much of a positive impact are you putting into the other people's lives. This is not a selfishness relationship. This is a relationship. You got to spread the love. How much love are you giving to other people? How much positivity? How much, how enjoyable are you to be around? How much are you depositing into the positive bank account to make them like you? If you're nagging or boring or moody, those are all withdrawals. You're draining them. And when your relationship bank account runs dry or into the negative, that's when the relationship ends, whether it's familial or marital or just friendship. When you hit zero, people leave. They don't want anything to do with you. They're like, eh, this person isn't worth the time and energy it takes to spend with them. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make withdrawals. Sometimes you need to rely on somebody and depend on their support. And sometimes that's not even a withdrawal. Sometimes they feel good about helping you, especially when you're relying on them and leaning on them and not attacking them, which goes into the next one, which is what Tony Robbins likes to say. There is only two types of communication, really. There is a message of love or a cry for help, especially if they're blowing up at you over something super minor. The super minor thing isn't the actual reason why they're blowing up. The reason why they're blowing up is because they're having a really hard time and probably could use your help. They probably could use a good friend. Now, it's really hard to do that because they're currently griping at you and I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time being a good loving friend, spouse, whatever, to somebody who's currently yelling at me to do something. Um, I don't want to. But it's always either a loving response, you're, try, you're, you're hanging out with your friend, or it's a cry for help. They need your help with something. So just keep that in mind. There's a quote I really, really like that goes something along the lines of, if you just assume everyone is going through a crisis, odds are you probably will be correct. So be kind and understanding to people. Don't let them walk over you, but be kind and understanding and do your best to help others around you. And then that's about it for today's episode. Um, but let me back up real quick. Let's go back to the first part of this episode where I was talking about attraction. Girls, that does not mean you can't, you don't have to work on your personality. You still need to work on your personality. 
Uh, there's been many uh, hot women I've gone on a date with and instantly was like, I'm never taking her out again. Because all she did was talk about herself. She had no interest in, in me. She just wanted to go on a date. Guys, your number one job is to become a really cool dude. However, the more attractive you are physically and the more money you have to be able to do fun stuff and give off the perception that you will be able to take care of your girl, the more lenient they will be on your stupid mistakes that you don't know about. Girls, guys are not mind readers. If you want them to do something, tell them. They'll probably do it, especially if you ask nicely. But do not nag them. Just tell them. Guys, girls are pretty emotional. You might say something that seems pretty innocent, but if she interprets it the wrong way, you're in trouble. And guess what? It's your job to make her feel better, even if you find it kind of annoying that she misinterpreted what you said. You still said it, and maybe you could have done a better way of phrasing it, so that way she couldn't have misinterpreted it. Interpreted it. And actually, I realized I forgot a couple things. So, yeah, let's talk about sex first. I was debating on whether or not I wanted to even talk about it. Pre-editing, there was a pretty big gap there. But let's talk about sex real quick. Women, I'm not saying to have sex with him daily. But if you're not having enthusiastic sex with a man on a regular basis, especially a high-caliber man, he will either cheat on you or leave you. Sex for a man is a physical need. He's not going to die if he doesn't have it, but he's going to be miserable if he doesn't have it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that is what it is. If you're not having regular intercourse with your spouse, the guy will most likely be miserable and either cheat or leave. Guys, women are not like us. If you think about it, having someone stick a random thingy in your body that maybe hasn't even been cleaned, make sure you do good hygiene, um, inserting a random thingy into your body is kind of weird. Sure, it feels good, but what women really want, essentially, is to be seduced on a regular basis. They want all that foreplay. They want to be enticed, enjoyed. They want to enjoy the movie. This is the analogy that one of my um, relationship coaches um, like to talk about. Women want to enjoy the story. Yes, the climax is great. We're talking about books here. The climax is great. That epic fight scene at the end of the movie is great. But it's pretty stupid to pop in the movie and fast forward to the end of the movie just to watch the end of the movie every single time. So make sure that you do the whole movie for the girl and not just the ending that you kind of like. Yes, girls like it too, but they want to see the whole movie. Women, back to guys are not mind readers. If you're doing the deed, or doing anything for that matter, and you pretend like you like that, guess what's going to happen? We're going to continue doing it, and we're going to do it more often next time. Just freaking tell us. If you don't like something, tell us. If you do like something, tell us. Coach us. And I feel weird talking about this because I've never actually had sex, but I have made out with quite a few girls. Um... And I'll just use one example. I know most girls like to be choked. So I just automatically assume that they like to be choked. And when a girl doesn't like that, I've had multiple times where a girl grabs my hand and is, moves it away. 
And I'll just state, uh, do you not like that part? And she'll be like, yeah. And then we move on. I have trained myself to watch for those cues. Most guys have not. You need to tell them that, hey, may, I'm, I don't like to be choked or whatever. And guess what? They usually listen. And if they don't listen, maybe that's a red flag. But they usually listen and aren't going to do it again. Because they want you to enjoy the experience. That's the other thing. For both sexes, make sure the other one enjoys the experience. There's a reason why I said enthusiastic regular sex, not obligatory sex. For guys, a dead fish is kind of de a, just a girl laying on her back. It's kind of degrading. Um, I got distracted. Where was I going? Make sure that the other person enjoys. Make sure you teach them what you enjoy. People are not mind readers. And they want to make you feel good most of the time, especially in a relationship. They're there because they love is a desire to make the other person feel good. So moving on from that subject, I want to talk about the kind of the five categories of intimacy. One category is physicalness, which we already covered pretty decently, I think. And too often, the problem is that people rush into the physical intimacy more way too fast compared to the other parts of intimacy. And I paused recording to try and go find the chart, but I couldn't find it, so I'm just going off of the top of my head. The five categories of intimacy are, one, physicalness, two, emotional, three, intellectu intellectual, four, spiritual, and five, social, if I'm remembering correctly. And then there's casual, close, that's not the actual word they're using for, but close works. And intimate. So let's just use physicality as a good example. A casual physical relationship might be handshaking, maybe a hug, a pat on the back, something like that. Super casual. Close, definitely a hug, maybe cuddling. And then intimate is all the fun stuff like kissing and sex and all that kind of stuff. And too often, we're trying to do intimate stuff in a casual setting. And maybe morally, you don't have a problem with that. But I will say this, it can cause a lot of drama. So that's kind of the graph. You have the five categories and then the three different stages. And a good exercise is to do this graph and to kind of fill out all the different aspects of each category into the different um, intensity of the relationship. But let's go back to the categories. So physicality. Every, you don't really need to explain the physicality too much. Social. Let's talk about social real quick. A, a casual social relationship might be your work friend. Um, you chit chat and just have fun talking to them whenever you see them. A close one might be you invite them to hang out. A intimate one is spending a good chunk of your time with, together doing things together. Intellectual, a casual might be talking about what you do for work. A intimate one might be setting goals with each other. A, for emotional, a casual might be asking how they are and actually meaning it, wanting to check up on them. And a intimate might be letting them or you calling them up and asking to come over at like three in the morning because 
one of you are having a mental breakdown. And then lastly, spiritual. Spiritual might be on a casual level, just talking about um, what church you go to, or if you're both in the same church, like most of the girls that I date. Um, what you learned on Sunday, that might be a casual level. And then an intimate level might be what you're struggling with spiritually at that moment. What, what crisis of faith are you having? And just leaning on each other. And as you go down this graph, you become less I and more we. And is the usefulness of this graph is that you remember that there's other aspects to a relationship and not just spending time with each other and physicality. And just like with success, whereas if one of the attributes of success are lacking, it hurts and possibly can corrupt and make the others collapse. If you're on your deathbed, it's really hard to earn money. If you're on your deathbed in one of these five, five categories, or if you rush one of these five categories, then you're going to have a hard time maintaining the relationship. And holy freak, did I go long. Hopefully with some editing, it'll be a lot shorter. But with that, I'm going to end this episode today. And I guess we'll talk about the last attribute of success, happiness, next week. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go check out my new book, The Blueprint of Wealth. It's available on Amazon, and the link should be down below. With that, I will see you all next week.